It scared the shit out of me. I had to go to JCPenney's and take a crap. That's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 135 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The five star, the unforgettable, Miguel. How you doing, Jerry? I mean, James, uh, what the fuck's your name again? <laughs> that was actually pretty funny, man. <laughs> okay, so we're friends with a lot of different podcasts here in Houston, and uh, one of them that we're friends with is the Nerdy Bitches Podcast. What'd you call me? Well, you're, you are a nerdy bitch. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but the Nerdy Bitches podcast. Uh, and it's Heather Price and Elizabeth Bett, I believe. I think so. And uh, Heather was talking about the podcasting panel that I went and helped Carrie Corden do a few weeks ago. And she was talking about everybody that was on the panel and what they were talking about. And she got to me, and she couldn't remember who I was. And she said, oh, the guy from Comical Podcast, the main guy. Uh, what is his name? I think it starts with a J. Uh, is it is it Jerry? Is it James? I, crap, I can't remember. <laughs> and Elizabeth was like, isn't he the guy that does Grey Bear Comics with George, too? And she goes, his name's Justin. She was like, I think that's right. Nice. She goes, I know it's not Miguel, because I remember Miguel. Miguel's unforgettable. <laughs> you know, nobody forgets Lord Horse to Unforgettable. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I was fine with all of that. That was kind of funny to me, but... The main co, the main host. I am the main guy. I'm not freaking Robin <laughs> to your Batman. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm not Patrick to your SpongeBob. Yeah, you are. No. Actually, that's the most accurate. No. <laughs> oh, gee, Patrick to SpongeBob sounds about right. Hey, SpongeBob. <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> but yeah, we want to give them a shout out because they just hit 50 episodes. Cast Request also just hit 50 episodes. Congratulations to both of those shows. Those are milestones. Those some old bitches. Uh, they 50. But I mean, it's a huge accomplishment. I mean, most shows don't make it past 20 or so. And, you know, the fact that there's two lady nerd shows that have done that in Houston is, is a pretty cool thing. Hey, let me clap to them, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so go check out both of their shows. They're both excellent. And uh, thank you guys for all the shout outs and all the love. We really appreciate it. At one point, we didn't think we were going to make it to 20. We thought we could kill each other by 15. Well, yeah. actually, that's what the world thought. Yeah. But we, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> we kept going. Nice. <laughs> there's a lot of love in this room. Yeah. We, we've died several times. We keep coming back. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to this week's comics. What were your top two this week, Miguel? Hey, man, my number two is going to start off with another Steve Orlando touching. Batman Detective Comics 941. Steve Orlando, James Tinney IV, and Andy MacDonald. It was really good. Oh, yeah. This off the chain, man. I just don't remember what the hell I read. About. <laughs> I hate reading my books on Wednesday, and I got to kind of try to remember on Sunday. And it's so much to remember. Well, okay, so it's the continuation of the Monster Men story. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. This is one where freaking uh, Batgirl goes nuts and like starts ripping shit in half, man. It's freaking off. That's why I took it because it's like she was like tenth degree psycho bitch. Like, Whoa, I got this, and it's like, whoa, freaking Nightwing couldn't. Even, he's like, calm down, calm down, calm down. Batgirl said, uh, uh-uh. uh. You mean Gotham Girl? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Barbara Gordon wasn't going crazy. Yeah, excuse me. Gotham, Gotham Girl. Gotham Girl is kind of like a Superman equivalent in Gotham. Like she has all the same kind of power. She can fly. She's almost invulnerable. 
but every time she uses her abilities, she shortens her lifespan a little bit. That's kind of her thing. Yeah. So Nightwing is on on his way to Arkham to try to figure out what Hugo Strange was working on, and she actually flies right past him and ignores his pleas to bring him with her. And she gets there first and finds this giant spider monster that's like crapping out little spiders that are. Why did it have to be a spider? Because it was written for you, man. That's what it was. <laughs> Steve's, Steve's been listening to the show, and he's Damn like, oh, you, Steve. I gotta have a spider monster just to fuck with Miguel. <laughs> Let's get me back for the underwear. Maybe so. <laughs> so, you know, she gets there and she's helping people try to fight the parasite spiders that are like lashing on their faces. They're basically face huggers is kind of what they look like. Yeah. Uh, and you got the same thing going on in the caverns where all the people had been evacuated to. Yeah, because some ooze is like getting on them and making them go crazy. Yeah, stuff's like dripping off the stalactites and like landing on them and kind of overtaking them and making them into rage monsters. Look at you, stalactites. Well, that's what it is. The, the stalagmites. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I want to sound important and smart, too. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, everybody's kind of going nuts because this stuff's infecting them in different ways, and Batman and team are doing the best they can to try to fight against them, and at the same time, they've got that giant Godzilla monster that's grown another head that they don't really know how to fight because they've, they've thrown everything they got at it and it's not taking it down. Um, it's a really great crossover i'm really enjoying it a lot i'm looking forward to seeing what steve and team come up with for the future episode. i just like what happens after gotham girl forgive me batgirl gotham girl decides to just like start ripping them and at the end what happens to her and nightwing <laughs> oh well don't spoil everything what the freak yeah but that was my number two it should have been my number one but there's something else that got number one for me what was your number two my number two was Civil War Kingpin number three from Matt Rosenberg and Hayden Sherman. Oh, this was so great. It was fantastic. Kingpin is Matt Rosenberg's first foray into writing Marvel characters. And he's doing amazing. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, the Punisher shows up. Yeah. And initially he's dragged into in front of Kingpin as you know some random guy. Yeah, he's that white guy with the hat that looks like the I Spy guy. Nobody knows who he is. And then Kingpin reaches over and rips his shirt and he's like, you idiots. <laughs> And then Punisher stands up and starts killing everybody. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it comes down to a battle between Kingpin and Punisher. And Punisher's like, he, he literally stabs Kingpin in the heart. But Kingpin's so fat that it doesn't quite reach. And Frank's like, look, you got a few minutes before you bleed out if you pull that knife out. You got to stop fighting me so I can go and finish what I'm doing. you know, Or you can keep going at this and you'll just die faster. You know, It's your choice. And Kingpin's like... Fuck you. And he just grabs him and throws him through the window. <laughs> yeah, but he rips the fucking table apart because uh, Punisher stabbed him through the table. Yeah. He rips the table. The sword is, the knife is still in him. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's a very brutal fight between the two of them. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Now, I know Kingpin's a badass. And I know when he fought Daredevil, man, he was giving Daredevil all he could take. And I know P- Punisher's not a bitch, but man, he was whooping up on the Punisher. Kingpin hits hard, man. I, yeah, a fat guy, I guess. No, oh, he's not just <laughs> dude's like seven foot tall, five hundred pounds, like, and he's he's mostly muscle. Like, I never realized that's right because he was lifting those weights. I never realized he was seven feet tall. I always thought he was smaller. Not in the Marvel, not in the comic universe. Okay. I mean, in, in the movie, in the TV series, he's a little bit shorter because you're not going to find a seven foot tall guy that fits those descriptions except maybe Hodor. Yeah, Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. But uh, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio did a great Kingpin for yeah, he did for the little change they had to make, make him a little shorter. But I thought it was excellent. You know, the the part where Punisher's hanging out the window and he grabs the knife is the only thing to like keep him in the window, and it rips right out of of Kingpin, and Kingpin's just like, "Fuck you." I know. <laughs> oh my god, he's like, "I need a medic." Like, what was, the freak? Yeah, and he's so casual about all of it. Like that's what I love about Kingpin is that nothing phases him. Doesn't matter how bad the situation gets. Doesn't matter how 
crazy things are. Nothing phases him. Yeah, because he's looking for that that guy, Jaundice, right? Jaundice, Jaundice, Janice. Janice, the guy who either betrayed him or got yeah, taken. He's, he's still trying to figure out what happened that led him to this situation that he's in. And he said, no new faces. No new faces. Who are you? I got hired by Giannis or whatever. <laughs> Just chokes him in the car. I'm like, damn. Yeah, no new faces. He's killing his own people, too, which is great. You know, it's Kingpin. I have to say, I, I'm, I'm a Kingpin fan, but this, oh, my God, Kingpin. <laughs> Here we go again. Here you go again. <laughs> No, but when I was reading, I was thinking that was D'Onofrio. I really was, seriously. <laughs> you heard it in his voice now? Yeah, I was hearing his voice, and I was seeing his face. So the art didn't bother me, because I was seeing his face. Well, that's just a testament to how good of a job he did as Kingpin uh-huh. on the show. So That was great. I liked it a lot. I highly recommend checking out all the Civil War Kingpin stories. Uh, Matt Rosenberg is one of my favorite writers right now. He's just crushing it. So definitely check those out. What was your number one? Flash, number seven. Joshua Williamson. Carmine D. G. Domencio, whatever his name is. Carmine D. D. Domenico. D. Domenico, okay. All right. I'll get it eventually, damn it. <laughs> yes! Flash versus Godspeed. Flash figures some crap out. Wally comes to help. And Godspeed's pretty cool, man. I'd love to see Godspeed in the show. I, I like that Flash figured out a way to siphon the Speed Force back mm-hmm. from the other people that had it without hurting them. Uh, I, I think it was kind of cool that he realized that if there's two Speedsters and that the people are willing to give up their power then all they have to do is run together and he can siphon it from them. That was really cool. Yeah. Because Godspeed's just been taking it forcefully, and yeah, it makes him way more powerful, but it also kills whoever the speedster was that gave up the force. And really, I think all of it gravitates back towards Flash anyways, because that's where it came from. That's the origin of the speed force. So Wally and Flash both get significantly faster, but they're still not even half a match for Godspeed. It's crazy. Yeah. I wonder where they're going with this. I wonder if it's going to end up being Wally has to give his power to Barry. Or maybe Barry gives it to Wally? Uh, I don't see that happening because Barry is the more trained and more capable of the two of them to fight Godspeed. True. But I could definitely see Wally having to give his power up to Barry so that Barry could take on Godspeed. And Godspeed's like, I did all this for you, Flash. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're my brother. I want to help you. Like, now nobody can stop me. I'm going to go to Iron Heights and I'm going to kill the guy that killed your parents. I'm going after Zoom. Yeah, and he just does. And Barry can't stop him. Barry's not fast enough. Like... It's crazy how fast Godspeed is. is. I'll see you back in a couple of minutes. <laughs> like, what? He's going to go kill everybody. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a fantastic read. Uh, there was a lot of good books this week. It was really hard to narrow it down to three. What was your number one? Flash. Uh, it was not Flash, actually. My, <laughs> my number one was Saga number 38 from Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I fucking loved this book. It was good. I know you liked it, but you didn't, <laughs> you didn't love it the way I did. But there's It usually a- doesn't do that to me. Usually it grabs me, but I don't know why. I... I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm on Saga Overload. I don't know. Well, I don't want to spoil too much about this, but it's very humorous in a lot of places. There's a lot of back and forth between like the ghost and, Mr. and uh, the Prince Robot the fourth. I almost said Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're talking shit to each other, and it's really funny. Um, then you can see what's going on with Marco. But there's Hello. a major character death in this issue, and it's so shocking, and it comes out of nowhere. And it, it like it, it's one of those things that... You expect when one of the main cast dies, mm-hmm. it's going to be something that's like, you know, really meaningful, like they sacrifice themselves to save everybody else or something. I mean, and the character that died did kind of do that. She protected yeah. where everybody else was, but it was also just so fast and so meaningless to the guy who killed her. Yeah. And I think that's what made it so shocking to me. It's, it's a great read. I mean, if you've been reading Saga since the beginning, this issue will hit you right in the heart. Uh, I... You know, I felt really bad after reading it, but that's a testament to how good of a book it was. I so. got no heart. Yeah, that's probably your problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, if it had been Prince Robot, I might have died a little bit. Might have cried. 
He's too busy uh, taking care of himself. I know, exactly, <laughs> which was a joke in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's a great issue. Uh, of course, you know, Brian K. Vaughn is a, one of the best writers out there right now. Fiona Staples, her art is just on point, always has been. Mm-hmm. There's nothing not to like about Saga. You know, even even in the times when it lulls, it's still really good. It still has a chance of being one of the top three books anytime. Yeah. Anytime. It's just, it can come out of nowhere and just surprise you. So I love Saga. If you've never checked it out, I, I can't say enough good things about it. You know, go pick up the trades uh, to catch up. Or if you're reading it regularly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know how good this book was. Uh, just pick up Saga. There's nothing else I can say. It's like one of the best books on the stands. Saga! What was your pick of the week, man? That's a tough one for me. Because there was two books that came out that I like both equally. And I've been looking at it right now, and I can't decide. <laughs> but I'm going to go with this one. And I'm probably not a good choice. But I'm going to go with Outcast number 21 by Robert Kirkman and Paul Azetta. Azetta? Azetta, whatever. Azetta? Azetta. <laughs> Aquatacolto, whatever his name is. <laughs> As you know, the, the preacher is still looking for Kyle. Right. And he finally finds out where he's at. And, of course, the demon, that happened last issue. Sydney's in there. And yeah. so they just start brawling, man. They're going to kill the priest. He's like, I don't want to hurt you. But then all of a sudden, he like gets pissed off and like fights back and the guy's like just kill him yeah well the man in the hat is like uh sydney sydney he's like you know we gave you a lot of chances to walk away from this like we we didn't want to kill you because you played an important role in this thing but you're not necessary we can get by without you yeah and uh we're not gonna put up with your bullshit anymore so go ahead and die (laughs) he went all ufc on him baby he was fighting man i was like check him out now can you see the guy portraying him in the show doing that yeah, I can. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that scene. Like, it was it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I like that he managed to fight back and take out three guys by himself, and then Sydney had to run, and he made it all the way to where Kyle was being held and freed Kyle again. And yeah, but that's that's the part. Sydney told the guys go get the ca- the outcast, go save the outcast because the preacher tur- burned the, set the house on fire, and that's when the preacher came back and headbutted Sydney and knocked him down. Remember? And then Sydney pulled out a knife and gave it to the preacher and said, "Get him out." Mm-hmm. And he left. I'm like, what the? F- what just happened here? That's the thing that got me the most. He helped the preacher get Kyle out, and then some guy ran by Kyle and Sydney, like, hey, that's what's his name? I mean, Kyle and the preacher. That's what's his name? We got to go get him. But it was just, it just, I don't know. It just made you wonder what, what, what's, what's, what's the end game? Well, that's always been the big question with Outcast. They haven't really revealed too much about what's going on, and there was like that big lull in the middle of the series yeah. where not a whole lot was going on, and it became kind of a monster of the week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wish they hadn't done that. I wish they just moved forward with the story because it is a very interesting story, and, and I feel like that really kind of turned a lot of people off to it. The TV series is moving along at a much better pace. I, I really like the show a lot. Like it was one of my favorite shows this year. I think I still can't get over the sister killing the husband. The cop. That was crazy. That was insane. It was so good. <laughs> uh, but now that I've seen the TV series and it's kind of made me reevaluate some of the stuff that happened in the books, I do kind of see where they're going with it, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to see how they get us there. You know, I, I think it's going to be great when we do finally get to the big reveal and Sydney and all the demon people finally do whatever they're trying to accomplish. Um, I, I think Kirkman's writing a really cool story. And I, think I don't think came it's, up with the theory that said they're not demons. Well, they're they're so, they're two souls inhabiting the same body is what I think. You know, because there's like a surplus of souls yeah. trying to get back into the world, and there's nowhere for them to go. So it's like a parasite and a host kind of thing. Go make some babies. Maybe I mean maybe so. That's maybe that's the plan. They're all gonna have a giant orgy. Nice. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> I don't think that this is gonna be a super long running series like. Walking Dead. I don't think they're trying to do 200 issues or anything like that. I feel like maybe 45 to 60 is right around the the sweet spot. 
You know, they're like halfway through the story right now is what I feel. And if it, if it keeps moving at the pace it's moving, they're going to have to start revealing things faster. And then we're going to get to a, a good conclusion before it gets too stagnant and we start getting repetitive again. I could see, I, could, I agree with you on that. I could see them going about 50 issues and ending it with a bang. I really, it, it, that would be perfect. Yeah, it can't be a Walking Dead. Because no. that would be too much. It would be very lulling and dragging. It would suck ass. But no, you're right. A, a good, nice 50 issue run on this story would be great. Yeah, I think and, so too. So what's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick of the week was actually a book that I told you was not going to be my pick of the week. Deadly Class number 22 from Rick Remender and Wes Craig. That was the other one I had chosen. That was the other one I was deciding. I, uh, I went back and forth on this quite a bit. And the reason I put it as my pick of the week is because it's the new class. Right. You know, there's all new characters. Mm-hmm. It's a good jumping on point for people. Uh, as you know, Deadly Class has been one of our favorites since the very first episode of Comical Podcast. That was one of the first books we put in our top three was mm-hmm. Deadly Class number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus, the main character, died. So you think. Well, I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's not around anymore, that's for sure. Uh, at the end of the last season. Yeah. And now we're at the new class. Uh, class has started over again. There's new freshmen. And all of the returning people that were assholes in the last season are now back. You know, We've got uh, the Russian guy. Oh, God. Victor. Victor. Oh. Uh, we've got Shabnam, mm-hmm. the fat Chinese kid who's manipulating everything. We've got all the girls back. Saya's there. Uh, mm-hmm. Maria's even back. And the two of them have like a really awkward conversation. But it, it almost seems like all of the returning students are very comfortable with what happened last time. Mm-hmm. They're all perfectly okay. The only ones that have any kind of real friction are Victor and Shabnam. Mm-hmm. Because Shabnam thinks he's still in charge of everything. He orchestrated the events of uh, finals night. So he was the guy that was manipulating everybody and telling everybody where to go to make sure that Marcus and his team were the ones that got killed. Yeah. And Victor's like, look, I worked with you that night, but that doesn't mean you're any kind of in charge of me, bitch. Like, I'm Victor. Don't you don't you know Victor is the best? That's <laughs> right. It's Russia. <laughs> he always talks in the third person like a true douchebag. <laughs> He's Soviet, too, so enough said. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, he is the biggest and most threatening and most dangerous guy in there, probably. Yeah, remember the car scene? <laughs> uh-huh. And, I mean, Marcus was really the only person who had any kind of chance of standing up to him. That's why I don't think he's dead. I think maybe she stuck him and left him, and he's probably not dead. She skewered him through the heart, dude. Dude. With a sword. Not through the heart. She got him through the guts. No, it was the heart. Oh, uh, okay. He might be through a dead. the chest. He he's, might be a dead fucker. He's <laughs> dead. Man. He's dead. Uh, and it, maybe he, he can move his heart. We don't know this. I mean, I, there's it's comics. It's so gonna be tripped out. You're gonna you're gonna be like pissed off, like in book thirty or some shit. You're gonna find out that Marcus is still alive. He got saved by some other guy who whatever was able to do something. You know, some crazy shit. It's comics, so nothing's impossible. But I feel like the series, for the most part, has been grounded in reality. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna do any kind of like Professor X returning from the dead kind of thing. Yeah, I like how <laughs> nice. I like how the girl, the old, the older class trick some of the new dumbasses into getting expelled the first day yeah that was really funny actually and then how uh the best part for me was where they give uh the stupid asian guy they give him the truth serum <laughs> that was great one of victor's guys yeah one, one of victor's guys convinced shabnam who's the smartest guy in the group to take a drink from him which had a bunch of truth serum in it and then he got up to give a speech to the incoming freshman and he's just like crying like a little bitch on stage and like telling him all the stuff that went wrong and you suck and my girlfriend has flabby titties <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i'm shabnam's like uh goodwill that he had built up with the other students and his like position of authority is like wrecked now and i mean victor's poised to become the the head honcho yeah it was it was really interesting to see all the 
uh, dynamics between the characters like come to light again and see how they treat each other now that finals is over and now that uh, you know Marcus and the rest of the people that were the center of season one are gone. Yeah. So I liked it a lot. Can't wait to see what happens in the next one. I can't either. You know, you could be right. Marcus could come back. It would be really surprising if he does. Comes but... back and kills the instructor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he wants, you know. Uh-huh. He wants to destroy the school. So mm-hmm. there are some remnants of uh, his team that are still there, though, that could still kind of follow through with his beliefs or his feelings about that. True. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds, though. So that's it for comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a personal plea to the audience out there. The Kickstarter for Speak No Evil 2 is now up and running. We launched it yesterday. And uh, right now we're sitting at 21% funded. Still got a long way to go, guys. So please go check it out. Even if you missed out on the first Kickstarter or you somehow didn't get a copy of Speak No Evil Issue 1, we do have some rewards that have both. Uh, You can get Issue 1 and Issue 2 and several of the different reward levels, um, digitally or physically, however you want to do it. Of course, we have original art. We have prints. We have variant covers. We have a lot of cool shit. So go check it out. Any help is, is greatly appreciated. Yeah, man. Come on. Give him some money. I'm tired of hearing this damn whining. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's only day two of the Kickstarter, so we still got plenty of time. He wanted to be funded by day one. <laughs> what is wrong with you, America? Come on. That would have been nice, but, you know, that's kind of unrealistic. I mean, I, I guess I'm speaking to myself because I haven't even donated yet. <laughs> yeah, you <yeah>, bastard. <laughs> you know I'm going to donate, so shut up. <laughs> Here's my dollar. Uh-huh. <laughs> we had a great event this past Saturday. Uh, when we launched the Kickstarter, we actually drove to Austin and did a signing at Dragon's Lair, and they were the most welcoming shop I've ever been to. It was amazing. Yeah, I saw the sign. Uh, hey, welcome these guys. Yeah, they had posters all over the walls, like even in the bathroom. There was like posters on the doors that said, uh, you know, come meet the creators of Speak No Evil and get your book signed. And <laughs> Come meet the creators. <laughs> it was really cool. It was really cool that they had put up posters like that. We took a couple of them and brought them home. and then The one from the bathroom? Not the one from the bathroom. <laughs> no, we left those. Those might be contaminated. But uh-huh. uh, they even had like a little standee they put on our table that you know had the images of the artwork and were like the creators. And it was really cool. Just really cool. And they, they treated us well. They treated us like guests. They brought us drinks and offered to give us food. And they put us right by the front door. The shop's super nice. It's huge. It's like twice the size of the biggest shop in Houston. And you know they have a huge gaming area. They have a lot of comics. They have a lot of pop figures, a lot of toys, a lot of anything. Cool. They even have like these giant vinyl posters that are like bigger than this. They're like eight feet wide by five feet tall, and they're selling them for like forty bucks on the wow. wall. It's crazy. Like they have some cool stuff in there. So they're bigger than the B shop. They're bigger than the B shop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the B shop. <laughs> <laughs> but so you felt like you had arrived, huh? You felt like they were treating you like you were a freaking zombie killer kind of guy. They, they, I mean, they definitely treated us higher than our status demands. That's I mean, for I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, welcome the new James Lenares, the new Brian Salinas, the new Devin Kraft. That's what you felt like uh, on that level, or did you feel like a like a Steve Orlando when you were there? I it's I don't really know how those people feel when they're doing signings, so it's hard to say. But we did have a very positive reception. There was a lot of people that came in. We sold probably about forty five, fifty books overall. Um, we sold a lot of prints. We sold all the variant covers. We have one James Linares variant cover left, and that's it. Wow. All the Devin ones are gone. All the Chris ones are gone. All the James ones are gone, but one. So it was it was a great turnout. We had a lot of fun, too, because we met a lot of people. We talked to people about the Kickstarter, and uh, you know, hopefully they come and support us in the next week or so. That would be great. But overall, it was a fantastic experience. I, I definitely will be going back there at some point. Yeah, you should have invited me. You could have come. There's stuff going on. Like, <laughs> I had nothing going on. I was cutting grass. That's your favorite hobby. So. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> no, that's really cool. I bet you it felt really good to feel like being treated like a rock star. I don't ever get treated like a rock star. You get treated like a washed out rock star. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I do cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was it was a fantastic event. Uh, we have another one coming up this coming weekend, this coming Saturday at 8th Dimension Comics here in Houston. Uh, we just set up one for Pop Culture Comic Company. The greatest company in the world here and in Houston, Texas, Pop Culture Company. That one's going to be October 29th while their Texas Comic Fest is going on. That's my local shop. And then on October 28th, we're doing a really unique event at the Station Theater here in Houston. Naked Theater. No, it's not Naked Theater. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing where uh, we were invited by Meredith Nudo, our editor for the book. Uh, she works there, and she's a performer as well. She doesn't like me. Does she? I don't know. Have you ever talked to her? I've said hello. <laughs> <laughs> you just assume people don't like you. Oh, no, I like Meredith a lot. Yeah, Meredith's great. Uh, she she set this thing up. We're gonna go there, and I think we do like kind of a storyteller thing where we sit down on two chairs, like in the front of the audience, and we talk about the book and what's planned for it and things like that. And then the performers come out and they do different sketches based on the things that we say, based on what's in the book. Nice. And it's supposed to be like an hour, hour and a half long, like. Very comedic. I don't know how much interaction George and I are going to have with the comedians, but like George and I are both fairly funny guys, so I think we can probably hold our own. I'm really both kind of uh, excited and a little bit nervous about what this is going to be, and I don't really ever get nervous about anything, so it's kind of cool. And where's this going to be at? It's at Station Theater in Houston, uh, October 28th at 7 p.m. Where is Station Theater located at? Uh, It's downtown. Oh, okay. But uh, I should have a few free tickets, so I'll make sure I get you one. Oh, yeah, because I got to be in this damn boo! Where's the real guys coming up? <laughs> Woo! Give us a location, Starbucks. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I won't give you one. <laughs> oh, you know I got to be in there because I can laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's definitely different. Like, I've never heard of anybody doing any kind of promotion like this. So I, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of different people there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to fit in. <laughs> do, you, do you ever fit in? Yeah. Well, you just wear the horse mask. You'll be fine. Wear the horse mask. Everybody like, hey, look who it is. Yeah, they know you. They know me. <laughs> the nerdy bitches know you. Man. Nice. The horse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they know me because it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Actually, I think it's going to be kind of cool. I really want to see this. I want to see. I, I know Meredith has been going down to do that, the comic stuff down there. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of uh, like training to be a sketch improv comic. I think she's kind of funny anyway. Oh, she is. I mean, they, they do the Pop and Schlock podcast, although it's on hiatus right now. Mm-hmm. And she's very entertaining. She's a very funny person. So I can only imagine how good her ses- her comedy has become since she's really been focusing on it. Well, a lot of people we've met over the years, uh, Meredith and uh, Claire, uh, you know, from the Cat Podcast, Crazy Cat Podcast, two of the most genuine nice people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, and I'll even say uh, Craig Price's wife as well, because I can't, her first name is, <laughs> I'm getting her back. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. What's the first name? Heather. Heather. How could you forget that? Well, that's for me easier for you. I, I just playing around. I knew her name was Heather. Come on. Yeah, she's also very nice. And of course, I think highly of Mr. Craig Price anyway. But anyway, I digress. Ooh, big word. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not the thesaurus. No, you are not. <laughs> All right, well, just a reminder, uh, please support my Kickstarter if you can, guys. It means a lot to us. We're really trying to make issue number two a reality. We have some amazing stretch goals planned. If we do somehow cross our 5,000 threshold, uh, the first one, which is an exclusive that I'm only announcing on Comical Podcast, we're not going to tell anybody else about it. You only get to find out about it if you're a listener of this show because Chris Ryder is so involved in Comical Podcast. He has done an amazing variant cover slash print 
for Speak No Evil issue two. And we didn't even ask him to do it. He just did it on his own. And it's super fucking cool. The only people that have seen it are Miguel, George, and Heather. Nobody else has looked at it yet. What do you think? I want it. <laughs> if you don't make your stress goes, I'm which I'll be pissed, but I'm gonna figure out how to get a hold of that. Seriously, it's really amazing. It is amazing. It's awesome. So if we hit our $6,000 stretch goal, then this variant and this print will be available to everybody. That's freaking awesome. So I'm really excited for it. I hope we make that goal because I want this one to be available. It's so awesome. If not, it'll probably end up being for issue three. Mm-hmm. We'll probably use it there. But uh, I'm not telling anybody else about this. Only you guys that are listening get to find out about it. It's awesome. Uh, please come out and support us. Make this happen. You guys are going to want a copy of this for sure. Oh, yeah. That'll probably sell out quick. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, his first one did too. His first one was the the first variant to sell out, the first poster to sell out. Like everybody loves Chris's prints. So Dude, he's got a future in comics, man. <clears throat> he really does. He's supposed to be working on something anyway. But let me make this point for you real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not trying to run a Kickstarter for every freaking book that he's trying to write for here. He's not gonna do it for book three, book four. He's trying not to do that. He's working very hard. And I'll give you props to this. You and George are working very hard to get someone to pick this up. And I know some people have said some things, and I think eventually you're going to get picked up. I think if you get through this Kickstarter, someone's going to nab you, and you'll be good to go, and you won't have to worry about this anymore. It would be Um, nice. But everybody, come on. Let's help him out. Let's get him there. It's a great book. It's fun read. And we got to get him at least to four, because I come out in four. (laughs) (laughs) The cool thing is, if we do get picked up after issue two, then we'll do re-releases for the general public of the book, and it'll be completely different. I'm sure we'll change the cover. We'll change everything. So these Kickstarter editions that you guys are picking up now will become way more valuable. Yes! Because they, they will be the true first printings of the books, and nobody else will have them. Let me go ahead and put this up on Amazon real quick. So, I mean, we you can buy a digital copy of the book for $5 on the Kickstarter, and you can get a physical copy for 10 So, I mean, I, I know that's more than what a typical comic costs, but... It's really you're you're helping support an indie creator, me and George, and you know all that money really goes towards is just the creation of the book. We have a breakdown of everything. You yeah, can, they're not pocketing anything. Yeah, they we're, we're not making everything where it goes. We've been working our asses off since January, and we haven't made a single cent in profit. <laughs> now, I like the fact that uh, okay, I don't look at your ass, but uh, <laughs> it's shrinking anyway. <laughs> I don't want to know. Stop. <laughs> the fact that you did break out the breakout, and the fact that you even spent some of your own money into this. Just shows the passion, and that's what I've always liked. You, you know, I talked about the comic guys and the writers that we interview. I love the passion. You, my friend, show the same thing. So you know, I wish you the best. And don't worry, I'm going to pledge. You I better. don't know. I don't know how much I'm going. <laughs> Here's fifty cents, bitch. <laughs> I told you I was going to wait and see how much I could pledge. Don't know if I could drop one seventy five again. I might be able to. Actually, I was looking at the five hundred because I wanted you to splash my name all over that sucker. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and it's Miguel Garza, not McQuell, not a horse crease, not the furry king, none of that shit. <laughs> I think it's all of those. <laughs> I'll devote a special thanks to Miguel, Lord Horsecles, Lord Bubba Cles, Lord. <laughs> I'll devote an entire page to just putting your your nicknames. <laughs> wow, That's a, they're gonna need two pages. <laughs> but seriously, guys, uh, thank you to those of you who have supported us so far. And for those of you who are waiting, uh, please do it as soon as you can. That's that's all I can really ask because, uh, you know, the sooner we hit our goal, the sooner we start unveiling stretch goals and the higher possibility we have of getting featured by Kickstarter, which means more people will discover the book and more people might chime in and help. So do what you can, even if it's as little as a dollar that gets you a thank you in the back of the book. Uh, I really appreciate it. All right, well, let's move on. It is time for everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. This week, it is you. Yes, I know it is me. 
So I'll start off with work. As I noted, it was September the 30th, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to be on my game, man. October the 1st is creeping around. The month of October is coming, so I got to be aware of people playing tricks on me, especially with fake spiders. And you know I was looking right at you when I said that. <laughs> and you had a weird look on your face that I didn't, I didn't quite understand. So I packed up my stuff, and I left and went home, got to where my wife was at, worked with her for a little bit. She wanted to get food, got her food. I brought my laptop in because I figured, you know what? I'm going to watch South Park while I'm sitting here waiting while I'm eating and whatnot. So I go in and reach my bag, get my computer out. Not a problem. I go in and grab my cord. And as soon as I grab it, I felt something weird. I looked down. Oh, shit. And I threw it up in the air. My wife goes, what the hell? Nicole started laughing. I'm like, what happened? Fucking asshole. I just said this shit a few minutes ago, and he put the fucking spider in my bag. It was excellent because we went to the bathroom or something. You were gone for 20 minutes. I and doing tapes. I, uh, I walked over there, and I had the same spider I scared you with three times already. And I was like, where am I going to put it now to make it actually have an impact? Because I wait until you've let your guard down. And I haven't talked about it or done uh-uh. anything in a while. So I saw your laptop bag sitting there. And I was like, I don't care about this spider. Like, if I never get it back, whatever. It's only a dollar. So I, sh- I shoved it in there. And I was like, we'll see if this gets him. And then you came back. And you got all your stuff together to leave. And you walk by. And you start giving this long diatribe about, you better not scare me anymore. I'm tired of this shit. I'm, I don't want to get hit by a spider anymore. You're not funny. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, fuck, he probably saw it and just threw no, it no, away. No, no, I, I was also, yeah, but I was also saying you're not going to get me anymore. Right, but I was thinking that you had seen it, uh-huh. that, that you'd open your laptop bag and had been like, not this time, and you just thrown it away or something. Uh-huh. I, I didn't, when you said that, because it was so coincidental, I didn't know whether you had seen it or not, is what I'm saying. Which is pretty cool that you didn't say anything, so you wanted to wait. I didn't say anything, because I was just like, well, maybe he didn't, so I'm not going to say anything. I just kind of kept smiling and nodding and, and making a stupid face at you, and then you left. And then I'm driving home, and I get the phone call, and I was just like, I was, when it, as soon as the phone rang, I was like, oh, he didn't see it. <laughs> Asshole. And I answered the phone, and you go, you motherfucker. <laughs> Dick. And I put you on speakerphone so my wife and my daughter could hear you because they were laughing at me because I jumped. And so I picked it up and said, you've never seen this spider again. <laughs> and that's fine. It was only a dollar. No, no. I got the spider. I'm bringing it back to you. I'm not, I'm not a dick. I'm not going to throw away somebody's money. But I put the spider back in my, my laptop bag, and I put it in the front. And I looked at my wife and my daughter. I got to make a reminder to myself that that spider is in there. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get yourself again. (laughs) Well, I go home and I open my bag and I go, oh, that's right. The spider was there. Okay. I just remembered. But that's not the second funny part. We went to the Halloween store last night, just out of the blue. And we're messing around, putting on masks. I put on Obama. Braden put on Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and made signs. And it's pretty funny. And saw some clown masks and everything else. And walking around, I put the grumpy cat hat on. And that's when we came up to the, to the fox faces, to the ears, and to the things, and out came the furry jokes. Hey, look, Mike, it's your people, the furries. <laughs> like, fuck you, Brayden. <laughs> it is your people. <laughs> and I did find, and I got, I said, hey, check this one out. And Brayden said something, that's what bad people do. What? <laughs> I took it off. It was like I had a long nose or something, like one of those creepy faces, like from, uh, where I told you I'm not a Kubrick film, you know, uh, eyes wide shut. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. How the hell does this kid know about this shit? He's not even old enough. Because he's a kid from, he's a millennial, man. He's somebody who's on the internet all the time. Oh, uh, like, that's true. You're he's, not you're not really on the internet. You get on the internet to like watch YouTube videos and that's about it. Like, and tweet. And yeah. play a cute games and tweet. Like, mm-hmm. kids are deeply invested in what's going on on the internet and they're up to date on all the memes and all the, the shit. So, I'm, you know, you'd be amazed at the shit he knows. I'm on the internet all the time, so I know all that shit too. At least most of it. I still come across things from time to time that I'm like, what the, what the fuck is on fleek? Like, why is that a thing? Like, <laughs> I'm dabbing. Why are people dabbing? This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, 
you know, the trends and the popular shit today is ridiculous. Yeah, but then you could get a pen, apple pen, pen, apple, pineapple pen. <laughs> That's another stupid thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, so that was the funny part. Are you freaking kidding me? So they're laughing about that. So we continue on walking around. The one thing that I hadn't seen in the store, but it didn't jump in my head, was the spiders. And all of a sudden, something came flying at me. And I screamed up, and I jumped back from maybe from here out of your door. <laughs> and my wife was laughing because she threw the fucking spider at me. And there wasn't a little bit of spider like yours. Dude, the spider was as big was as it, your- Was it a spider spider plastic spider? No. <laughs> it had fur on its legs. The legs were extendable. If I extended the arms out, it's as long- it had a width span about as long as my arms. Nice. It was a freaking massive spider. It scared the shit out of me. I had to go to Jay Spinney's and take a crap. That's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was already having problems, but it scared the crap out of me. I was like, and then Braden came up and started rubbing me. Well, I was like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I said, I'm getting out of here. I'll show you a picture of the phone. I mean, having all the spiders is ridiculous. Why do spiders have to be part of Halloween? Because they scare people. They, they don't know. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my freaking hair on my hands were, was like, it was like crawling. I felt like I'd just seen a ghost. Well, then those are the best Halloween decorations. Those are like, not the best <laughs> Halloween decorations. There's a stupid spider. You press it, and it actually moves towards you like this. Yeah. Like this there, there's, a, there's a meme on the internet of a little kid walking up and like pushing the button, and it jumps at him, and then he falls down. Like He knew what was going to happen, and it still scared the shit out of him. He, like, <laughs> he got knocked over by it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they had fun at my expense. We saw some furry costumes, and some spiders were thrown at me. Nice. That's not right. But I. But the funny part was Brady's like, Mom, I want to get a clown costume so I can go around school scaring people. And he's like, are you stupid? Have you not heard what's going on with the clowns? It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I wanted Twisty the Clown because they had Twisty the Clown from American Horror Story. Uh-huh. So he goes, yeah, that's all you need to get shot. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how funny it would, it would happen to you, too. <laughs> yeah, it would. I don't know how funny it was, but the fact that we saw furry stuff and... Well, not actual furry stuff. They even have the paws. You can put your hands in the paws. Speaking of furry stuff. Oh, good Lord. Remember our conversation with Barry Meaty the other day on Twitter? <laughs> like 2 a.m., I, I had just finished working out, and uh, Barry Media tw- tweets me, and he goes, Hey, man, I'd, I'd be totally fine doing a calendar with Miguel. And uh, and you got in the conversation somehow, and I was like, What the fuck is Miguel doing awake at 2 a.m.? Because you're always asleep. Yeah. And uh, it, it came up that... Uh, Barry was like, yeah, I know a lot of cosplayers that love to do a calendar oh, yeah. shoot with Miguel. A lot of foxy cosplayers. I got I to gotta finish up what I'm doing, though. And I go, well, Miguel only wants to take pictures with uh, furry cosplayers. And you're like, I don't like furries. And, and Barry goes, I don't even know what a furry is. Like, what, what, is that, oh, what does bastard. that mean? And I told him. And he was like, oh. And then you sent him a picture. <laughs> I sent him this great picture of this, like, fox furry giving a real come-hither look. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, Barry, Barry said, I know a lot of foxes that'll... Yeah. I mean, he tagged all these, like, female cosplayers, and I was like, no, those are the wrong kind of foxes. Those are nice ladies. This is what Miguel likes. And I sent him the come-hither look. <laughs> then he's like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, guys. So I don't know if the calendar is actually going to happen. That's or- <laughs> terrible. I'm not into that crap. Come on. I think Barry's got a different opinion to you now. Oh, <laughs> We all know deep down he a freak too. <laughs> I'm calling him out. I want his freakness to. You know what? We need to have him on the show. Oh, I'd love to have Barry on the show. Need to have him invite him over to the show. Have him in here. It'd be sitting right there in that chair. Hey, speaking of uh, having people on the show, I do have a great guest lined up for next month. Really, uh, Christopher Sabella. Really? Yeah, he gave us a great quote for uh, speaking of evil for the yeah. Kickstarter. And he and I got to talking, and he's getting ready to launch his own project next month, so he's going to come on and promote it. Nice. I'm a huge fan of Christopher's writing and all of his books, so I'm really excited to have him on. Let everybody know what he writes. 
He writes Heartthrob. He writes uh, Welcome Back with the L in, mm-hmm. in parentheses. <laughs> he wrote uh, Dead Letters, which yeah. was the first series that I got introduced to him from. Uh, he's writing the Killer Croc miniseries from DC. He's got a lot of cool shit going on, and he has a bunch of projects that he can't really talk about. He also wrote uh, I Live in a Clown Motel, the because mm-hmm. he actually did a Kickstarter last year where he raised enough money to live in the Clown Motel in, in Tonopa, uh, Nevada for, for an entire month and he chronicled it all in tweets and then collected all the tweets into a book. It's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, if you get a chance to read it, it's fascinating what he went through, but he's actually writing a novel about it as well, which is one of his projects, but that's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Chris's. I, he, he's one of my favorite writers that's most active on social media, him and Justin Jordan. Mm-hmm. The two of them are always tweeting and posting Facebook posts about stuff and it's always funny and always entertaining. And, I think he's going to be a great guest. I'm really excited to have him on and get a chance to talk to him. So that's cool. Uh, not this month, but probably November sometime. Okay, we'll make that happen. But yeah, that's that's sweet. Yeah, I'm excited. Still need to get Barry Media on. Yeah, I definitely like that Barry on though sometime too. Then we can invite Mark. Mark, I'm Mark. <laughs> Remember? Yeah, I have somebody calling me saying I'm Mark and I'm not Mark, and they've called me like eight times now. And uh, I know you're Mark. I know your voice. <laughs> what the hell, man? Maybe you are Mark. That's what Devin said. Maybe you are a Mark. <laughs> Devin said that too. <laughs> so anyway, those are my funny stories interrupted by a great guest <laughs> coming on the show. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have Barry on. It's definitely going to be cool to have Chris on. So moving along, let's talk some uh, news. What do you want to do first? Comics, movie, or TV? I want to do some comics today. Okay. Uh, Marvel is doing another line of their hip hop variants. Remember how popular those were? They sold out like super fast last time. I didn't get a hip hop variant. They did it across like uh, a bunch of different books. I think it was like twenty books last time, and they sold out. Like they were, they were a big deal. I don't like the hip hop. No, not <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Look they, at my phone. <laughs> they're, they're doing it again this January, so I think that's kind of cool. Oh, no, sweet! Definitely a big demand for it. Snoop Dogg. Uh, speaking of repeating events, Comicsology is doing a series two of the comic book creator trading cards. Oh, cool! You remember last time they did those at San Diego? Yeah, they're doing them at New York Comic Con this year. Damn it. So, there's there's like a long list of people that are a part of it. But. I have to send a note out to Steve. Hey, man, pick me some up. Actually, Chris, Chris Sabella keeps posting because he's not one of them. He's, uh-huh. He hasn't been a part of it yet. So he keeps creating his own and posting them. That's working and awesome. It's always like a dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up. Oh, man. I have to, I'm going to follow him a little bit more closely and start tweeting with him. X-Top on Twitter. He's really fun. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, let's see. Speaking of comicsology, uh, we got accepted. Speaking of evil, got accepted to Comicsology. There so you go. It might be a few more weeks before they finish converting it to their way or whatever, because they have a special format they use for the books. But uh, pretty soon, Speak No Evil will be available on Amazon Comicsology, which is pretty fucking cool. There you go, man. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. See, man, keep it upbeat. You're doing well. Don't be freaked out about shit. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sam Humphreys, the writer of Green Lantern, just signed an exclusive deal with DC and Vertigo. Nice. So he can only write for those two companies now, but he's a pretty good writer. So it's that's funny cool. how DC's locking these people up, man. Yeah, they really are. They're. I think we, they're, we ain't playing this shit no more with Marvel. We're yeah. locking people up. <laughs> well, right now I feel like they have the best crop of writers. I mean, Marvel has Charles Soule and Bendis, and Bendis is very controversial. Like some people like him, some people don't, and pretty much all the other like hot writers are on the other side. <laughs> so Marvel might be in trouble in the future. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, they're definitely going at each other. DC came to play, bro. Yeah, they did. Uh, and then the most controversial news from this entire week is that Greg Rucka did an interview where he said Wonder Woman was gay. No, 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 no. That was taken out of contents. He was saying she's bi. <laughs> she loves the Steve. See, the way if you read the article, it's very interesting because 
he put it in a way that says that the people of Thymisra don't even understand the concept of gay because it's all an all women society. Mm-hmm. And so who's she going to love on? I they, get you. They grow up, and I mean, who, yeah, like who is she going to love on? There's nobody to have a relationship with except for other women. So they don't even really perceive it as gay because it's you know just other women. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just whoever is they, they find somebody to love. And it just happens to be a Somebody woman that's on the to love. <laughs> <laughs> happens to be a woman that's there. And then, of course, when she finally does leave Thymisra and she meets Steve Trevor, and you know they fall in love or whatever. I don't really think that that like I don't think that matters really. Like it's such an obvious thing to anybody that spends five seconds thinking about it that it shouldn't be a problem. But of course, you know the internet is full of trolls and people that you know they're like, "Ma, Wonder Woman can't be gay." Like you know, there are all kinds of idiots out there. So you know, there's a huge backlash about it, obviously. Yeah, but she's still interested in Superman. Yeah. I have so many jokes I could have made up there, but I'll let it go. I don't understand. Poor mom, not that should go. She needs that super dick. <laughs> That's all you ever need is a deep dick. In- <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, coming from your favorite writer, from his favorite movies. I mean, Kevin Smith did have that scene in the in, <laughs> in one of the movies. Uh, but <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But yeah, I, I just don't understand why people get so up in arms about stuff like this. I mean, does it matter? It, it doesn't matter, does She's it? Not a real life person. Who gives a shit? Even if she was a real life person, it wouldn't matter. I don't think so. I mean, I like Wonder Woman. I mean, uh, 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 she's, no, she's an iconic character. It, you know, the the thing makes sense to her backstory. Yeah. It's, Hello, like, Amazon by herself with nothing but women. That that's that's the only thing that fucking matters in stories is that they make sense. <laughs> like, What's that book where? Uh, during Secret Wars, the guy that goes on the di- uh, Dino Island that's inhabited by the Amazons, yeah, and like they want to kill him because he's a man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, there you go. I mean, it makes sense to me if you spend five seconds thinking about it. It makes sense that she lives on this island full of women. She's lived until she's like thirty something, or the approximate age of thirty. Like mm-hmm. she's much older than that, and she grew up with women like. You know, those are the only people she knows. So if she's going to have a relationship with anybody, it's probably going to be one of those people. Like it's not a stretch. It's not changing the character drastically. It's just using common sense to figure out what was, happened there. It was cheetah. It might have been because she's awfully. But you got to you got to be careful with her because she's a cheetah. Nice, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you also got to remember she does eventually leave the island, and she kind of yeah. I mean, meets other people eventually she, she meets other people. She, she finds somebody that loves her, like Steve Trevor. But it, it doesn't really matter. That's no, what I'm doesn't. saying. People like, just want to. It's not a something. drastic change to her backstory. But what I say, fun, fair, positive soccer, ruin the world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just wanted to touch on that because it's been such a hey. up in arms thing on the internet. Keep your touches to yourself. Don't worry, I'm not touching your Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for comics. What do you want to move on to now? TV. Movies or TV? Uh, the biggest TV news: Luke Cage has debuted. Yeah. Have you been watched it yet? I have watched four episodes so far. Dick, I haven't watched any. Well, I had a signing and everything else going on, but I did watch four episodes. And Heard it's kind of gangster. It's very gangster. Yeah. Oh. It's awesome. I, I fucking love it. Like, it's, it's oh. so good. Uh, it's a little, the first two episodes are a little bit slow because mm-hmm. they're setting everything up. They're introducing all the characters, but that's pretty normal. Uh, episode three and four are in your face and just awesome. That scene where he's walking through the hallway, like beating the shit out of everybody. Like you said earlier, there's always a hall scene. That's episode three. Nice. Uh, episode four, he gets shot by a rocket launcher. <laughs> he's like in a Chinese restaurant, and a guy shoots a rocket launcher into the restaurant to try to kill him. And like he has to save the old Chinese white woman who lives there. Uh, and then while that's going on, he's remembering his history and learning his backstory. And you get to see the origin of Luke Cage. Oh, cool. And he is, you know, everybody knows that he was in that tank, and they like 
you know, mate gave him the superpowers or whatever, but you could actually see that happen. And then he escapes from the place and he's like running through a neighborhood naked, wearing nothing but the headband and the gauntlets or the bangles or whatever you want to call them. And he's running and he's trying to find clothes and he finds, of course, the bluish green pants and yeah. the yellow shirt uh-huh. and puts those on. And he's like walking down the street. And it's like, fuck, 1970s Luke Cage. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> So you're saying you get the full Luke Cage. You get the full Luke Cage. I don't want to see the full Luke Cage. (laughs) (laughs) I I really enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to finishing it. You like the full Luke Cage? The series is great. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's... It's your prerogative. You get you get, see, you get to see the full Misty Knight, too, so at least there's that for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, man, that's your prerogative. You want the full Luke Cage? I'm not here to judge. <laughs> the full Luke Cage. Uh, no, it's it's fantastic. So There it is. Definitely <laughs> definitely got to check it out, guys. All the Netflix series are great. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited for Defenders as time goes by. Uh, yeah, same here. I just can't, I can't wait to see more. It's, Netflix is killing it. Yeah, they really are. Uh, so moving on. The Dominators have been revealed as the big villain for the four-part Arrowverse crossover. Okay. You know who the Dominators are? No. They're like a alien race from the future who wants to enslave humanity. Okay. They're from a like old book in the 1960, late, late 60s, early 70s. All right. Uh, they're bringing those guys into the crossover between Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. I was wondering if Legends was going to be involved. Yeah, of course, because it's the future. But that's going to be the storyline. They're going to be fighting like alien invaders. So John Constantine has to be there somewhere. I kind of imagine it's going to be something like uh, the Avengers scene. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't know how good it's going to be. <laughs> Come on, man. It's we'll see. Be, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm getting less and less excited for the Arrowverse stuff. Don't hate. Flash is the only one that I'm like still super excited for. But Arrow, last season of Arrow was just not as good as it has been. It's okay. You just got to just go. Just roll with it, man. The Stephen Amell did say that uh, Deathstroke's going to come back for episode 100. There you go. So we're getting Manu Bennett back, which is... All right. At least that's one thing to be kind of excited for. <laughs> I'm still hyped up about it, man. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait for Supernatural to start, too. Yeah, I don't care about that. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a sad note, Adventure Time is going to end in 2018. About freaking time. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Adventure Time is great. Uh, it's going to be the ninth season and their last season. So kind of sad about that. I know regular show's ending this year. What? Yeah, regular show ends this year. Adventure Time ends next year. Oh, come or on. Or 2018. Oh, I like the regular show. I, I love both of those shows. They're both excellent. So yeah. that really sucks. I've been a big fan for a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Amazon ordered a full season of The Tick after they released the pilot episode. I don't like The Tick. Did you watch the pilot? No, I just saw the guy looking. That's not The Tick. You got to watch it. That's a blue guy wearing a suit. Yeah. Wait a minute. A suit? Wait. Wait. A guy wearing a blue suit. <laughs> it's a blue guy wearing a suit? <laughs> Shut up. What is he, a Smurf? <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. No, dude, come on. I want spoon, 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 spoon. <laughs> wow. Shut up, Arthur. <laughs> you're my Arthur to my tick. No. Yeah. You are a tick. I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're the tick to my human. That's. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I meant you were a parasite. No. <laughs> Did nice. that one go over your head? Yes. <laughs> No, but I I watched the pilot. It's pretty good. I did finally get around to it. Uh, I'm kind of excited they're going to do more because even though it's not the tick that we remember fondly. The one we know and love. It's uh, it's still the tick, and there's still a lot of room for it to become really good. going to change it to the dick. That's a different show entirely. <laughs> That's a guy wearing a very horrible costume. <laughs> <laughs> and Arthur looks like Mr. Slave from South Park. Oh my god. <laughs> and he's like condom <laughs> instead of spoon. 
and he's gonna fuck them all to death. <laughs> uh, South Park's been great this season oh, so yeah. far too. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, w- a book that I was reading for a long time that I dropped when I couldn't afford to pick everything up anymore was Trees. You remember that book from Warren Ellis? Yeah, I remember that book. Uh, I really liked it, but it was one of the ones that just got cut from my list because I couldn't afford to keep picking everything up anymore. But uh, it's been optioned for TV. Interesting. And uh, Tom Hardy is actually producing it. Really? Yeah. Uh, now is not time for fear. <laughs> now is the time for Trees. <laughs> <laughs> what channel? Uh, well, it's NBC Universal, just like most of them are. So I don't really know what channel it's going to end up on, but uh, it could be really cool. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's though. a it's a very strange series, but it's it's a very cool series too. I read like the first fourteen or fifteen issues of it, and of course Tom Hardy being involved, a big name attached, has to you know give it a little more legitimacy. There's this fucking tower in the ground. It's a tree. <laughs> not that Warren, not that Warren Ellis wasn't a big enough name because I mean he is. That was but, good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. We shall see what it turns out. I think it's going to be kind of creepy. The more image books that get picked up for TV, the happier I get because yeah. they're they're all so good. Where's Nailbiter at, man? Oh man, can you imagine a Nailbiter show on like Showtime? Oh God, or Stars or something? Ooh, it'd be pretty. Oh, I, I hope that like that would be a dream come true for me, and I'm sure for Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Nailbiter, oh, I, I can't tell you uh, how good that yeah, is. Yeah, people think Outcast is crazy. Nailbiter would Outcast oh, nothing compared. Nailbiter's to Nailbiter's the shit. Yeah, it really is. All right, so let's move on to movies. Filming on the Justice League movie completed last week. Okay. So they're, they're, already, done. they're done. Nice. It's going to post-production and then to theaters. <laughs> okay. Keep my fingers crossed. Hope for the best. Uh, Winston Duke has been cast as Manape in the Black Panther movie. You know who Manape is? Uh, he no. was the leader of the white gorilla cult. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be racist if he wasn't a black man. Wearing a white gorilla suit. <laughs> it, it might still be racist. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it was a, a big villain of Black Panther in the 70s. And he was like the second strongest guy in Wakanda behind T'Challa. And he was the leader of this cult. And they tried to overthrow the Black Panthers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, failed, obviously. But he's going to be the, one of the main villains in the Black Panther movie. I don't know how the hell they're going to get away with that. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to see it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm walking, racist! <laughs> yeah, so that should be interesting. <laughs> Dude, I, the guy that plays uh, Black Panther is amazing. Oh, he really is. Yeah. yeah, He's totally cool. I'm, I'm excited for Black Panther. I think it's going to be a great movie. Yeah, I, I've become a big Black Panther guy. I'm now. sure we're going to get to see more of Claw. I'm sure we're going to get to see more of, like, vibranium and, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to learn a lot more about Wakanda and like its place in the world. Uh, there's, there's so much stuff in black Panther's universe. That's so integral to the Marvel universe as a whole mm-hmm. that I'm really hoping that they explore a lot of that kind of stuff because we've seen in all the movies so far, a lot of the characters and a lot of their villains and, and that kind of stuff, and how they affect the world a little bit, but we've not yeah. really seen a whole lot of, uh, aside from an Iron Man, their impact on the general people of the world so much. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that, especially in Wakanda, because they're so close as a society mm-hmm. that uh, everything that T'Challa does affects the people as well. It's kind of like Namor, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he is the representative of his people. Why are you going to bring that guy up for? Namor's great too. You know, Namor's going to become a movie at some point. Oh God. I'm looking forward to that so too. That, that, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that piece of crap gets a movie, not me. Merman. Uh, Merman. <laughs> Merman joins the, the Marvel Universe. Speaking of Merman, next week the He-Man Thundercats crossover comes out. Yeah. Uh, I've not been buying a whole lot of comic books, but I'm buying that one. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm real excited for that one. Dude, what about Big Trouble Little China Escape from New York or whatever the hell it's going to be? It's like Snake Piltskin and freaking Jack Burton together. Uh, as much as I love those two franchises, I'll leave that one to you to pick up. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting He-Man and Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Thunder power, go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that should be interesting. Yeah, it should be. Anyways, that's it for movies. That's it for news. Uh, I want to remind everybody, first of all, please support my Kickstarter if you can. Second of all, follow us on our social media if you'd like to. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I'm at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. On iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and pretty much anywhere podcasts are findable, you can find our show. Uh, we're also on Beyond the Dawn Radio, nerdbong.com, Wicked Radio Network. But, the most important one for us is iTunes. So if you listen anywhere, please go and find us on iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more chance we have of people coming and checking out the show. Uh, we're doing pretty good, though. we got like 66 reviews right now, and they're all five stars. Nice. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, we've done a lot of work over the last three years building up our audience and, and getting to that point. But I would sure love to look and see that we have 100 positive five-star reviews. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be awesome. So for those of you who haven't done that yet, you know, that's, I know we ask a lot of you on the show, but that would really mean a lot, too, if you go and do that. Hey, I want to give a shout-out real quick, if you don't mind. Real quick, I'll give a shout-out to my buddy there on Mike. He's not my buddy. I mean, he's not a friend of mine, personally. I wish he was, but he's not. But he tweets with me. Uh, Mr. Michael Chiklis, uh, his, his album, Influence, is out there. You should pick it up. It's really amazing by the Michael Chiklis Band. And he really does rock. And he's a really cool guy. And he does interact with a lot of his fans and tweets with me. So go out and pick his album. Trust me, you'll love it. I, I don't think you needed all the disclaimer. Uh, but then again, I'm not sure that. Right, we're going to help Michael Chiklis' career in any way. <laughs> Come on, dude. So. It's a freaking Gotham. You got to love it. Yes, but I'm saying I don't think we have any kind of influence to actually help his career. Well, no. People that listen to us, uh, hey, you know, they're recommending this album. Let's go pick it up. Well, All right. What's a sell here or there? It's a sell. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. I will tweet him about it. Even though I gave him a shout out on the show. Sure. Maybe he'll tweet the episode. <laughs> hey, he tweets out a lot of stuff I did. I tweeted out, told him, hey, you rock pretty hard, man. That was freaking awesome. He tweeted, responded, and tweeted out. So that's pretty cool. You want the full Michael Chiklis? No. <laughs> you want the full black man in a white gorilla suit? <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> Racist! He's the ultimate furry. <laughs> oh, God, no! Don't do it, Ryder! Don't do it! <laughs> you piece of crap! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, Jesus. Anyways, guys, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Till that time, keep, keep on, on laughing, laughing bitches. bitches.